Merlin. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Oh. 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 Roderick. Roderick. I Roderick. think I got your number. Oh, I got my number. I think they got my number. I think they got the alias. Ah. Uh, ah. All the voices in your head calling Roderick. <laughs> So, uh, I think we covered how you're doing. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. seems good. That seems mm-hmm. good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're in evergreen, evergreen territory, John. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I. Uh, we don't want to talk about Game of Thrones. Oh, it's on the list. Oh, really? Because it's, uh, it's evergreen. We're doing evergreen. Yeah, but I think I got an angle. We, we can't okay. really talk okay. about that. But, right. you know, I got an angle. Whenever you're ready, I can give you... Uh, as some of the items from the list. I mean, it, it's always there, as, as they say, as a backboard. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But we have we haven't needed. Don't don't need it. We got we got a lot to talk. I mean, we're helping a lot of people. We never need it, but you know, Game of Thrones. Am I right? Like, oh whoa, boy, like, the ending whoa. of that was woo. Oh, the, ah, can't believe how quickly the characters. Moved around. They, true, they sure did, and they did uh, did things, and they did other things. And it and was, they, so the one part was surprising, and the other oh, part was like, "What?" I disagree. You but disagree? I also, this fellow over here. I totally Ooh. agree. Oh man, I disagree the, with myself. Yeah, well, I disagree with mm. that. Oh boy, people get mad about stuff, don't yeah, they? Yeah, cacao mm. to the cacao. Yeah, yeah. Pe- mm. People get people get real fired up. Oh yeah, they're very excited. I, I read a lot of hot takes. This is. Uh, uh, do we want to reveal when? No, nope. uh, no, no, no. Oh. This is evergreen. But you know, I was just googling it. You know, oh, and I read it. Like, yeah, a, for the sake of argument, if it was, if it was, you know, last night was the final episode on May nineteenth. Uh, I read a lot of hot takes. I didn't like any of them. I didn't like a single hot take. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even like any of the the, the cooler takes. Mm. There were a it's lot okay. you know, of it's, it's, takes. It's okay not to post. It's really okay. <laughs> it's, yes. You well, look, just well, said it, brother. And the, you know the thing the thing a person for, forgets. You know, God, bless their heart. You know, you forget that that the people are going to be fine. Without your post, and and the really yeah. difficult part is, you know, you, you you'll be fine without the post. Yeah, you but need to. People get mad, remember, John. Just remember, you don't have to post. You don't have to post. <laughs> wow. Do you think about that? Do you ever think about <laughs> not really needing to post? Well, you don't need to post. That's so true. You Boy, know, it took like, a long time. That was like <laughs> that was a, a real century plant for me. It, it took it took a good long while. Of, you know, John, I'm going to tell you, even knowing you don't always need to post, it took me a long time to stop actually posting. <laughs> even though I knew you don't really need to post. It took a, it took a, I think the greatest content that I can share with people at this point is what I didn't say. You know? Wow. Thank you. Ever you. Think about, no, thank you. Do you ever think about that? I am learning it too. Mm-hmm. I'm learning it all the time. Um, yeah. It is so important. It's it's maybe the most important. And uh 
I, I, hang on just a second, because I'm I'm I feel I feel like I've got to put that on the internet right now. Oh yeah. Uh, remember, mm-hmm. you don't need to post. You don't need to post. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I credited you with that. Okay. It's going out because okay, I want to. I want to start doing that right now. I want to get that out there right now. Send tweet. Okay. Oh. Oh. Wait. 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 Except. Hmm. Except. What? Well, I ju- I didn't need to post that. I, well, oh, because you what know a, this, what a, what, this is John, evergreen, what about a, but now people are going to be able to look back and they're going to find that post and they're going to know. Oh no! Could, you you know didn't need I mean? to post. No, I didn't need to post that. And now you you time stamped our evergreen. I time stamped. Yeah. I'm oh sorry. no! Well, you know, you you could also, you know, this was e- so even after I, I I realized that and I stopped always needing to post. This, and sometimes, you know, it leaks through. Uh, you have a post about the postings. So See? now, you know, oh, 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 I you did take it up like a whistle night. in the morning. You bring, bring it up it. a level, bring it up I a level. It. Now you're. Po- I was like, I did a, I did a meta post. I did an ironical post. Oh, and then you say something like, post. "Am I doing this right?" Oh yeah, uh, like, oh, are we done with this joke already? <laughs> no, I didn't do that, but I yeah. did do the, uh, I did do the post that was like, uh, uh, like a hot take, except dumb. <laughs> was it was it really was it really dumb or was it a thinker it might have been uh, a thinker ooh, oh you, know you, you did you actually literally posted you don't need to post i don't i didn't need to post oh, i'm no, sorry you did i'm that. sorry should i should i delete it well, okay here's, here's gonna be my res- okay you ready for my response go 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 i'm gonna do this response which is just your name in all capital letters are you ready <laughs> go that's a classic amy man response send tweet Okay, here it says John. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, oh that's good. People uh-huh. are going to like this. But, it, but <laughs> I can't really, believe you did. You tore, it, you tore, <laughs> you tore away the veil. Uh, we had the curtain up, and you couldn't. No light was getting in, mm-hmm. and then I just got excited. Yeah, I just had something I needed to say right then. Oh man. <sighs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. Oh look! Oh, oh look! 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 There's Matt, Matt Howie. Matt Howie. Hey, he Matt Howie. It. Oh, he was right there, Johnny on the spot. Yeah. And uh, we built this city. Who uh, is a? Um, I think that's a Friskin. Longtime fan. I think yeah, it's a Frisco. Friskin. Yeah. A Friskin. Uh, her uh, husband once got hit in the head with a kazoo thrown by Jonathan Rothman. No way, Brady's yes. bits. No yes. kidding. And I think you were at that show. It was in the uh, the Cafe du Nord. Oh, love that place. Yeah, I know. We saw. Well, we played why, a lot people, of good shows there. Why? Why people got to order complicated drinks there? Why can't you just get a beer? You can't order a complicated drink at the Cafe du Nord. There's Don't, not, they're not time set up for that. that. They're not no, set up for it. It's a one bartender operation a lot of the time. I've been there in like forever. Just roll up, get a beer or wine. Not even a wine. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you don't like beer, seven and seven. Just do what's like the, a, what's the lime drink we all used to get? Um, there's the, or no, where you smash up, you smash up the, uh, you smash up the uh, the mint leaves. Oh, the mojito. Uh, the mo- oh, the mojito. Mojito. Yeah, some people, kind of a Cuban drink or something. But it takes. There's a lot of parts to the mojito. I, you know, I don't, I don't want. I'm not going to post. Am I, am I posting right now? Does this count as posting? Oh, here, Don Schaffner. Whom we know uh, is a food scientist at Rutgers. Oh, he's in your he's in your Menchies. There he is. Hey, Doctor well, Don. He just he just, uh, he just liked your reply, John. 
Oh. So now that's happening. Should we, oh. should we construct a thread? Like, should we workshop how you respond well, to that? Well, no. See, this is great because Don yeah. reply. Uh, Don liked your reply before he liked my original tweet. Oh, I, I do that sometimes. <laughs> wow, it's so good. Sometimes, sometimes Working I res- sometimes I post by responding to the tweet before I've had the decency to do the reach around fave. Oh, sure. You know, because you really should, you know, don't you think out of consideration if you're going to do the response, if you're going to do the quote tweet, woo, you better reach around hard. You got to really get in there. I forget to fave. Yeah. I got to say, I forget to fave. Not, I don't like 100% forget, but sometimes I'll be like, do, 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 and then I'll say, oh, I really liked that tweet. You know, if I'm still thinking about it, I should go back and give it a fave. Give it a fave. Yeah. But I did a quote treat, a uh, quote, I did a quote post. Quote <laughs> Is it a treat? Yeah, I did. I did one and I, and I, and I like lavished, uh, profusive things. Oh, is this on Overcast? No, this was, oh, oh well, the Overcast one where yeah. Marco was like, use Overcast or whatever. Marco was, this is something that was. Sorry, I took you off already. I shouldn't have posted. No, no it's okay. It's okay. Mm. Oh, look, Bobby Sayers, uh, Bobby Sayers. Just uh, faved. Oh, hey, buddy. Wade, Wade Rocket's in the mix. Oh, is that right? Oh, good. Let me see who else we got in here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Wade, Wade Rocket did both, too. That's cool. Jesse Tipton got Jesse in there. Jesse Tipton. Um, yeah, the other day we were uh, uh, we were just just like floating along in, in life, you know? Yeah. And uh, and Marco, our ment, uh, was listening to the Roadwork program and took an excerpt, uh, which he thought was funny and good. And he put it up. He it put very, it. In. He put it up, and it was a, it was a very good bit. That you know what? It was also generous because it was well. I mean, it was nice. Good. It was a good Dan response, is what it was. It was a good Dan response. That's right. Dan got the joke. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, Dan laid down the joke. And when that happens, it's it's good. It's good for everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Marco was like, he wanted to throw that zinger. You know, he wanted to he wanted to give that zinger a little bit of a signal boost. Okay. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Yep. He's being an ally. He's being an ally, and in that he's being he's giving he's signal boosting the whole program. Well, a bunch of people chime in because, of course, you don't need to post. You don't need to post, but sometimes people do want to chime. They chime, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of them chime about the about the joke. Some of them chime about the post of the joke, but a lot of people chimed in about the use of Overcast. Mm-hmm. Whether overcast, some people were were like heaping praise on the fact that. Oh overcast really? Could, oh no, really? Well, well, they were saying this is great. This was oh, good. a nice in a, good, in a good in a supportive. Were they being allies, John? They were. They were saying you can do good snippets on overcast. Great a, snip. I was worried they were being axis. I hear you saying they're being allies. They some were, but okay. other people were like, I can't use this on my Android phone. Yeah, and some people. What's were that? Like, What's that say about you? Send well. You. Then there was another person that said, I wish I didn't have to subscribe to this. I wish that I could uh, just buy it. Yeah, if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass a hop. <laughs> oh, you said it. I also don't like to subscribe to things. I like to just buy them. So I felt like Marco an ally Zeal. of that person. It's Marco Zeal. And Marco knows about eels. Oh, he knows, yeah. He knows, he knows from eels. About them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, his Dan eel is, is a generous lover, though. It's a very nice eel. Uh, Dan Kennedy just uh, faved it. That's Dan Kennedy from the Moth. And uh, no this, kidding from the what from the the podcast program? Yeah, the Moth program. Shut your whore mouth. Are you even kidding me? Oh, look at that. No, look at this. <gasps> and then there Spencer Thut uh, uh, saved it or Spencer liked it. Spencer Thut's in there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So uh, Overcast anyway. has added it. Overcast, but this this will be very old news potentially. But Overcast mm-hmm. added a feature and, and just a little little bit of uh, behind the scenes. This is something that M- Marco had told almost no one about, and it's actually a great feature, uh, which many of you have uh, not only know about but are using in a way that's really really cool. Um, and, and so basically, he added a thing where if you're listening in the Overcast podcast app. You can go in and you go in, you select a segment using little drag handles. You drag go in, handles. You select, you, you, it's so clever, John. It's so clever. John, Marco's a clever handle. boy. He knows how to jam it in the side door. Yes. He figures out you go select a segment of up to one minute. You export that as a movie and then you can post that. Oh. And now his, his, he had a couple things in mind. He says, I listen to his shows. Uh, yeah. he, he said, uh, he said a couple ideas in mind. Yeah, well, one was like, you should just be able to like, listen to a bit from a podcast that somebody thought was good. It's a great advertisement for a podcast. It's a great promotion for the freedom of the podcast, but he, he had particularly in mind the Instagram platform because you can't just go post an audio. Nobody looks at the bleep bloop going up and down. Uh uh And then uh he made it so that you could do it. You could do it square. You can do it tall. You can do it wide. And then I'll I'll stop going on about this. Oh, it's recommending I follow Colin Malloy. Um, And so um, send tweet. The, yeah, sure. uh, the, uh, the, uh, but anyway, it's really cool. And I have used it to share many things from programs I enjoy. And, uh, people have shared things from uh, programs we're involved with. Uh, isn't that nice? It's nice to be liked or it's nice well, to, nice to be uh, the source of something like entertainment. Well, then this is the other thing I think about, uh, about you don't need to post. You always need to post praise. Oh, man. It should be a, comp- a compliment machine. Mm. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if mm-hmm. if uh, if it was just mm-hmm. if it was just praise and not other things, mm-hmm. uh, not hot takes even, no hot takes, just praise. <laughs> uh, I had a question for you. Yes, you there. Oh, look here, Dan Kennedy of the of uh, the Moth, a New York City uh, based now based uh, program. He actually replied. He's he the sent, first he sent one. A reply and hit send tweet. Yeah, he, he replied, and you know what it is? It's um. It's a funny tweet about the tweet. Oh, 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 oh. he's yeah. uh, you know what he's doing? He's doing a kind of recombinant digitalis where he's mm. bringing in a separate bit. I'm not gonna call. I'm not, <laughs> not gonna call this hat on a hat. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call. You take. You take a hat and then make a more handsome hat. <coughs> That's like right. A, like a like a wedding cake. And, he's like, I uh, get your thing. I get yeah. your thing, and I'm gonna double down on it. Yes, here it's it what is. Jenna Malone calls. You know, the, uh, when you're doing that bit. So the bit, the, the bit we saw, the bit we've seen, is where mm-hmm. you're supposed to do. What is it like? Four lies and a truth. Like here's uh, some concerts I, I say I've been to, and you guess which one is fake. Is that the bit? Uh, yeah, six concerts that you've been to. Uh, five of them are real. One of them's fake. Okay. And I did it. I did it. Oh, you? Did, oh, wait a minute. I, I missed that. It. Okay. I did it, and uh, I'm just spoiler alert. I'm going to give it away. Which <gasps> one is not the one? Oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. All right, look at it. Oh, Keep look at it. God, this is hard. So you oh, had said, I, if I can, can I quote you? Can I quote ahead, tweet go you? No, go ahead. Count Basie, Ma- right. Miley Cyrus, Slayer, yeah. Vanilla mm-hmm. Ice, Ricky Skaggs, yes. Smashing Pumpkins. I'm going to fall into the trap and say Vanilla Ice. I'm afraid not. I have seen Vanilla Ice. Smashing and, Pumpkins. And uh, uh, it is Smashing Pumpkins. Oh That's right. wow. And uh, you know uh, James Urbaniak, uh, James Urbaniak, friend, friend of the friend of the show. He doesn't know friend him. of the he's show. A friend of the show. Yeah. He's a friend of the show. You and he had a wonderful time in my the lobby. God, of a he's a nice, very man. weird hotel. I had a terrible haircut in that photo. It breaks my heart. You, did, you didn't like that hotel either. Well, they had a lot of problems, John. Yeah, no TVs. The doors were very tall but thin. <laughs> um, 
anyway, yeah. uh, James Urbaniak right away, like within seconds was like smashing pumpkins. I know for a fact you saw Vil- vanilla ice at some kind of benefit show. Oh. And he, he didn't know that for, for a fact, but he just, he knew it in his, in his heart and soul. He, he, he felt it. Yeah. And he was just like smashing pumpkins. I know you didn't see them. And then there were a bunch of people that lined up and were like, you know what? You didn't go see the smashing pumpkins because it was beneath your dignity, wasn't it? Mm. And I was like, you're not wrong. Teach your kids they don't need no function. (laughs) (laughs) So I bet they they put on, uh, you go back to uh, Sheila and the Gig, is that the one uh, era? I bet they put on a pretty good show. That first record's good. I bet they did. In the, in yeah. the early days, uh, I bet I bet it was good. Mm-hmm. I bet Gish or Siamese Dream or whatever, the, that would have been a good time to see Smashing Pumpkins. I didn't see them then. I never saw Nirvana. But I, I didn't put that on the list because I mm. figured that there were enough people that knew that already. Like Just like I didn't put Primus because everybody knows I didn't. Or everybody knows I didn't see Primus. Buggin' a bump. Um... My, was that scat? <laughs> my my um my question to you. Yes. Uh, oh, is, hang on, hang on a second. Yeah. <clears throat> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Marine Lair. You can learn more about Marine Lair right now by visiting marinelayer.com. Once upon a time, well, you know, 2009, uh, two guys set out to make the perfect T-shirt. A tea that felt like an old favorite from day one, perfectly broken in, and just absurdly soft. And those guys were named Mike and Adam. We still remember them to this day. It took them a year to nail a custom fabric, and once they did, they made their first batch of teas, and they bought an old VW bus to transport them. Uh, According to Mike and Adam, it's only broken down like 27 times, so they're, you know, feeling pretty good about the investment. Nine years, a few credit cards, and two buses later, they built a brand around those absurdly soft shirts and i should mention they make more than just tees now they got henley's jackets pants sweaters you get the idea it's all designed in the marine layer workshop here in san francisco and it's all really soft now when they say their stuff stuff is soft they really mean it it's not just oh this you know feels kind of nice soft it's like holy crap how did they make this i'm never taking it off level of soft so it turns out the softest tees are made from trees and you know it's true because it rhymes micromodal found in marine layer signature fabric is made from recycled beech wood the pulp production is self-sufficient which makes their teas sustainable eco-friendly and you guessed it really soft they make in-between sizes like marge and larger for the dudes who just don't conform to standards hey up high right uh, and their return policy is insanely good you can return pretty much anything for up to a year wow they stand by their clothes plus they offer free shipping and free returns on all U.S. orders. Uh, you know what I did? Uh, God, this is kind of embarrassing. I apologize in advance. But, uh, well, the, the buying, the, the, the getting of this shirt is not embarrassing. The, the, the constant wearing of this shirt is, I got the TOF camping shirt, T-O-P-H camping shirt. Now, they say it's a shirt, but it's actually kind of more like a jacket. I actually literally just moments ago suggested this to a friend in a Slack channel. You can't see it because it's private, but I really like my Tove camping shirt, and I wear it an improbably large amount of the time. Uh, my daughter says not to wear it so much because it makes me look like a creep who never changes his clothes, which I suppose I kind of am, but that doesn't have to be you. Tove camping shirt. They make a, make a bunch of stuff. you got to try it. So, so, so right now, here's what you do. For 15% off your first order, you visit marinelayer.com, and you use the very special Offer code SUPERTRAIN at checkout. That's going to be 10% off your first 
order, so marinelayer.com. Our thanks to Marine Lair for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Yes, you there. Uh, is, uh, we are in, and it seems to me, we are in what I would describe as the golden age of podcasting. And I mean that in the sense that there will come a day, maybe soon, where we all look back at this time and go, wow, things were great then. Mm-hmm. And now it's all screwed up. Yeah. And the the thing is, there are still people within the podcasting sphere, like Marco, I, th- I think like Dan, who are trying, who are primarily motivated by making it better rather than making it worser for money. Yeah. Now, who are the ones I want you to, I want, I want to hear from you. Like, oh, brother, who really? are the, you sure, you sure you want to do this? I just want to say, who are the people you're going to know this? Mm, who I are do. the people that are also making it better? Oh, this is what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Who are the ones that are spending their time and energy who could potentially be doing it to ruin it and profit from that ruining? Who are the ones that are actually still trying to make it better? Who are fighting the good fight? Who are swimming upstream on this? Mm-hmm. Before the corporate media overlords and their uh, and their like uh, like media middlemen and yes dudes and yeah, yeah, pe- yeah. people that are trying to sell a penile enhancement drugs, when they come into the sphere and they're coming, oh, I see. It's just yeah. like Game of Thrones, Merlin. You look out there, you see, you see the army. They've mm-hmm. got a dragon. The scorpions. They have a dragon who uses fire, but it's yeah. fire that can cut through stone. Like uh, like a laser through cheese, right. which I don't, I don't quite understand what what kind of fire also works as like a like a wrecking ball. Yeah, we it's saw that things- last season with the the blue spitting dragon that that, that killed all its spoilers kill, killed the big wall, and you're like, huh? I didn't know it could do that. The thing is, the wall is made of ice. It's old but, ice. It's uh, the, yeah, it's uh, vintage ice. Right, it's rotten ice. But the red keep. I know is, is made of rocks. Yeah, it sure is. But look, I just, I just, I didn't need to post that. No, so, you know what? Delete tweet. Posted, delete tweet. I posted it on a podcast instead of posting it. But so, let, just give me the breakdown. I want to praise these people. I want to fave them. Mm-hmm. Who is doing the Lord's work to keep podcasting free uh, okay. and uh, and easy? Yeah. Okay. Um, th- this requires a little bit of a disclaimer and opening statement that I, that I always like to say, uh, which is that it, like I have my own reasons for uh, that that are not purely old man reasons, but they're somewhat old man reasons for uh, mostly liking the way podcasts work now. So I mean, take everything that I say with a grain of salt, plus the fact that like this is you know part of my job and stuff. Um, but it is my feeling. Uh, forgive me, I've said this other places. The I, it is my it is my belief that podcasts got good. And podcasts got somewhat widely accepted and enjoyed because of what you have described as the, um, I guess you could all, somewhat alternatively say free or free and independent in some ways. It doesn't yes. have to be independent, but it should be mostly free. And free is free in all the ways. Free is in beer, free is in speech. Free as in independent. Independence. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a dentist. The, um, the the free part made it good, and the free part in this case is like there's an RSS feed that has audio attachments, and mm. any kind of a podcast player can go and play that podcast. Now there are mm. there are like numerous you can come wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. Do, do these work on Androids? 
Well, they do. Like listening okay. to a podcast is a thing you can do lots of different places. <laughs> but the the basic, like in the stack, as John Sircusa would say, when you're down close to the metal, the um the the thing that has made it what it is in a lot of ways is it's it's not difficult. Uh, it's not technically difficult to have a podcast, make a podcast. It's not like economically difficult. It's not onerous. Um, there are a lot of, there's some, there's so many shows that like got good with terrible audio and shows that got good with, um, you know, hey, no, I'm sitting right here. I'm sorry. That was, that was on delete tweet. The, uh, no, so that's my, my opening statement is like what I'm about to say will be something like a defense of why I like podcasts, not getting too different yet. And so but, but anybody who's a podcast fan already kind of knows this, which is like, regardless of what the content is that you are listening to mostly, uh, with some behind the scenes things that don't hugely matter for our conversation, like dynamic ad insertion. But the truth yep. is like, if you listen to a podcast anywhere, it's going to be the same. And then the next, you know, up in that layer, then you've got the players and the players, oh, uh, could be free. Players. Like the most, the most popular, uh, podcast client in the world is Apple's podcast app, which oh, is. Oh, and, and now, now let, let's just, uh, let's, let, let me just interject there. Yes. You are someone, I believe, who uh, would ultimately congratulate Apple for having done that in the first place. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, uh -huh. I, I, I not only would congratulate them for doing it in the first place, but very importantly and somewhat quizzically, like mm -hmm. why have they not tried to find some way to put a, put a cash register on it? They're not yes. hosting the files. That's the thing is when you have a podcast, you host the files yourself. So, you know, but they basically created the podcast directory that made it easy to find stuff and then subscribe to it. Initially, you would download it to iTunes and sync it to your iPod with a cable. Eventually that became wireless. Eventually that became like you could do it anywhere. But the basic, you know, the monad is that like whatever show you like, you can listen to it anywhere. But but the but the application part of this is like, okay, there's different applications. You can get free ones. You get free with fewer features. You could pay. You could do whatever. But like, and that those enhancements, huh? You can get an eel. You can get an eel. Uh, is this boring? Be well, honest. I'm not sure. Now, was the, was the Apple thing? Uh, who can tell? But was the Apple thing? The, uh, was that the responsibility of the man in the black turtleneck, or was that I something else? We had a conversation uh, on a podcast for a couple hours uh, that included this, and I, I, my conclusion was that of all the things where I feel like you can draw a, like a straight line between Steve Jobs and like a technology that he wanted for himself, I mean, wow. as I said to a uh, friend, John Gruber, like I could see that Steve wanted a Macintosh that was really great for everybody, yeah. but especially mm -hmm. for him. I could very much see him wanting an iPhone, iPad, um, maybe even Apple TV. I don't personally mm. see this being a passion project for him as a consumer because it just doesn't seem like how he rolls. But he, I think he did see it as an important way to extend interest uh, in the uh, in the iPod. Was it Scott Simpson? Mm. Who, who do we know at Apple that had a hand in this? I don't know. Scott Simpson worked for uh, an anonymous paper company on the peninsula. Mm. Anyways, mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, uh, to get to this, so, so getting to okay, the point so you're talking I mean, about, like people, who's doing great with them. this? Well, oh, the people who are doing great with this, I think, are people who are uh, making the apps on which you listen to this better. If you're the oh, kind yes. of monster that likes to listen at faster than 1x, Oh, you know what I'm don't saying? Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, I know you got things to do. I know you're busy. Don't do it. It's a, it's a secret shame. Some people are proud of it, and some people are like, ah, I sort of listened at regular speed, and you sounded drunk. It's like, well, I probably was. Like, stop <laughs> doing that. Don't listen at 35x. You're killing me. 
But um, but you can get that feature. You can get something like what Marco has implemented, where it skips silences intelligently to let you listen faster without horribly distorting it. But I think mm-hmm. all those people, and let's be honest, that competition between different podcast player makers like is a represents a very healthy environment people who don't want to pay can go get a free app no problem people who we don't, don't have silences on our program is that something other programs have if i edited the show yeah in any way <laughs> yeah we might do that but i'm not gonna do that no no i want to flip this thing around man i want to get it out Flip okay, your, do you want me to answer your, I can answer your question. I can answer yep. your question. I'll try to answer your question quick. I just want to give them praise. I want to single them out and say yes. one day, one day when we look back and we, uh, we we tune in to like the six podcasts, two of which are racist, uh-huh. oh, and, yep, yep, yep. And, it, and it costs $50 to do, and you have to listen every every 20 seconds. You, you, have to listen you can to only another, listen on Amazon Primecast. And and all the shows have uh, embedded product placement, so they're all more or less about chewing tobacco. Can I take a minute to talk about Snapple? <laughs> Merlin, have you ever <clears throat> uh, thought that maybe your hair was thinning? Oh, my. Mine isn't. I've got oh, a full head of hair. Let me tell you why. I'm a lucky man. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kiss a little bit of ass right here and just say uh, the p- podcasting is famously a somewhat uh, – opaque medium to get into like you can Mm. recommend things to people but there's so many shows where you're like i mean this is true for tv to some extent where you say oh gosh you know really stick with buffy because it gets better or you say like you know (laughs) if you don't like the first couple episodes of the wire like don't worry like when they get to the episode where they say fuck a lot it's really good but like about the walking dead do you is are you do you get that right away are you supposed to stick it out or do you skip the the last two seasons or how do you do that brother that's we should put a fork in that i'm off it I'm okay. off it. I'm totally off it. I never saw a single one, but you oh, know, people the first few about seasons it. are very are very good. But mm. you know, people who now are utilizing things like this ability to share a bit of audio and like give a little like sample on a toothpick, la la la. Give a little bit. Mm-hmm, give a little. <laughs> uh huh. Then you have a pie mm-hmm. fight. Um. <sighs> so those people, those people that are sharing that, thank you because like I um. Not just for me and my own ego, but like it's really cool that you could say to somebody like, "Okay, this is this moment that you know in the show that I really like." So, oh God, this is, I'm so sorry. We're never releasing this episode. Well, I know, the I know. But is, at some point, we're going to have to. Something started a few years ago, and I'm not going. I'm trying not to cast an aspersion, but something started happening a few years ago that actually makes tons of sense, which is that people certainly realized that there was some money to be made from podcasts. Yes. Ads and uh, well, so and so people started kind of like onesie twosie running ads that got more popular. There started to be this emergence of the sponsors we know and love. So let me tell you a little bit about Squarespace. (coughs) This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com/slash supertrain. There are so many things that you can do with Squarespace. Well, to begin with, you can create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea uh, into a new site right on the internet. You can showcase your work. You can have a blog or publish other kinds of content. You can sell products and services of all kinds. You can promote your physical or online business. You can even announce an upcoming event or a special project. Whatever you want to do, Squarespace has got you covered. And and they do this by giving you beautiful templates that are created by world-class designers. They also have powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online. 
and they give you the ability to customize the look and feel, uh, the settings, the products, anything you want to do with just a few clicks. Of course, everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. They offer a new way to buy domains where you can choose from over 200 extensions. They have analytics that help you grow in real time and built in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting, nothing to patch or upgrade ever. And of course, they have their 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Squarespace. You're using Squarespace right now just by listening to the Roderick on the Line podcast. I've been using these folks for years, and I, I really trust them with my stuff, and I, I hope that you'll check them out. So, so right now, you go over to squarespace.com slash supertrain for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, you use the offer code supertrain to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Have you ever, have you ever, uh, it's a new kind of hybrid. Oh, no, you match, don't. Trish. No, yes. no. Oh, am I not supposed to do that? Read the red letters. Oh, you don't get the copy. You're going to get email. <laughs> But like, uh, we're going to have to do it again for free. But there was a problem of scale. That is the same kind of problem that a lot of new media run into, which is the problem of scale, which is like, yeah. if you want, if you want a big, like, um, hybrid car sponsorship for your, for your D and D show, like, which you're not going to just be able to say like, Hey, hybrid company, let me put an ad in. They want to, the ad companies, bigger ad companies work by buying at scale. They've got a big budget. They yeah. don't want to have to go onesie twosie. And so you not saw the emergence of what one might call middle persons oh uh, the middle persons i remember when they arrived you know <laughs> the thing is i'm not you wouldn't describe me would you merlin as yes. <clears throat> um you wouldn't say john roderick uh was an early podcaster uh, right you would say that i was a uh well it, it what, seems what, like what it now it? i wouldn't have said it then yeah, no but... at the time right it seemed like whoa he's getting into this a little bit late but now it seems like we're was this? I mean, you are famously, legendarily, a, Am I? an early podcast. Well, when people say like, "What was happening in podcasting in the mm -hmm. early days?" they're gonna say Scott Simpson and Lonely Sandwich yes. and Merlin Man were making lot a lot of lot of problematic bits. Yeah, a, a very classic program that everyone should go back and just get it in, get it under their belt. Mm. And then you and I started doing this program, and it was like, oh, what's yep. this sort of Johnny Come Lately? But we were in that space before anyone was making any money on it. Oh, I yeah. remember the remember the day you called me up and you were like, Haha, the video, you had the video on. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, the video. Um, and now, oh boy! So that happened. Still, still that happened, and that, that, that wasn't that wasn't terrible. But it's kind of a little, little bit like little. signing with a label, in some ways. Where like when you sign up with the middle persons, you agree to some terms that may not be too onerous, but you do agree to certain things. Uh, some of those. I remember it differently, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, no, there. I'm sorry. This is so fucking tedious. I need you to, to change the topic or stop. Well, me. so what I remember is that we we were we had these relationships with uh, with certain companies. Mm -hmm. uh, we had the one uh, who does not have a new kind of hybrid. Oh mattress, my god! Something else. Some other oh thing. Oh my god! And uh, Squarespace, mm -hmm. which hosts people, and uh, mm -hmm. there were several others that were there in the <laughs> early days uh, that were great. I can that tell were, you're a huge fan of the show. There was, um, all, there was all the great sponsors. There was Max Temkin who came in for a while yes. and was uh, was doing some advertisements. Yes, uh, and then the middlemen arrived, and it seemed to me like for the most part we had the same advertisements, but we were getting paid half as much. 
Mm-hmm. Is that your your memory? It was like it happened within a day or two. I don't say too much, but but you know, but like, but then they have you sign a thing, and you do a thing, and like it, it, it could include like any of those. Like if you sign with a label, there'd be a, some stuff in there. It's like, oh yeah, this is all the things I want, and then there's all the stuff. So like, mm, that's kind of weird. So I'm one of those people that is by and large mostly kind of sort of chosen to steer clear of like hugely weird contract things. But no, we we've worked with folks like that, and it's it's not a it's not a bad thing. So I get to the last part, which is on the one hand, those middle person companies increasingly became what they kind of always wanted to be, which is like a big platform company, right? Because you got you got to be a platform. It's not enough to just be a cool app. It's not enough to just, you know, have a mattress ad. You want to be like a platform because if you're a platform that includes an app, you now have a way of doing much b- better and one might say more invasive tracking of how people listen to the show. Did they skip the ad? All that kind of stuff. That's been around for a little while. It's only really been in the last year or so that that boy that really went to a new level. Where there's some very big players now with some very big wallets who have arrived. Big and wallets. Big wallets. And <laughs> that's and, what we call them. We call them the big wallet. <laughs> Here they come. In the pocket of big wallet. <laughs> Here comes the big wallet. <laughs> how, do, how, large how, do you, wallet. how do they have room in that pocket for you? Uh, they just uh, get bigger pockets. Big... They're in the pocket of big pockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're in a pocket of a big wallet because big wallets have pockets. You get a big enough wallet, you can have whatever you want in it. That's the problem. So anyway, now those those folks are doing stuff where like, okay, you sign up for this service and, you know, we're going to like, of course, like include all the other great shows. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just weird. It's just weird because like, and, and to go back to my preamble, it's just that I, I it's it really is not strictly a like, meh. Thing, no, or strictly money thing. It's that mm-hmm. like there's so many ways that you can, yeah, tragedy of the commons. I know that's a slightly um, we've slightly abandoned that idea because that guy was a Nazi or whatever. But tragedy of the commons, uh, you know, uh, you're gonna screw up this thing that everybody kind of likes. You're just peeing in the water fountain. You know what I'm saying? I don't, no, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to get messed up. Who, who, who are the good people? The good people are building upon the independence of uh, this medium yes. and helping more people get to it in a way that works for them. Yes. And uh and then I think the people that, that, that maybe I don't want to signal boost as much, the Axis yeah. forces are mm-hmm. arriving as a truly Jonathan comes lately, uh to come in and like figure a way to like put a cash register on something they're not even all that interested in. Yes, I've been noticing that. Yeah, and pre- I mean it starts it starts easy enough. It starts with stuff like you start seeing tons of like, okay, this week we're gonna promote this episode of this other thing in your feed, and then that's <clears throat> sure. in all the feeds, and then that becomes like but then you know, uh pretty soon all those little codicils that seem like no big deal a few years ago maybe start coming into play. Like, did you realize they, for example, rehost your podcast? Which means nope. you don't get actual statistics that you can give to a sponsor. Reap? Reap? Um, but uh, it's also is that, that allowable? They, well, you, you agreed to it. You signed it. Oh, I see. You had your feet up on the desk, and then and then and then you signed it because you thought there you was weren't... a limo full of hand jobs. Sure, you didn't. You didn't read it all the way through. Yeah, and then so they can do stuff like say like we can also um, do what's called dynamic ad insertion. Yeah. Um, like we can like if you listen to this old episode, there'll be an ad for a new thing in there, and uh, mm-hmm. then of course the overcast links don't work anymore because the link to the podcast changed, and derp, derp. so. Ouch. God damn it! This show's never going to come out. Yeah. Well, I said you know I wound you up, but that was you know so. But that's going to be so you. bad for our list, John. You didn't get to give no. them very much of your wisdom because I was no, telling no, them. No, 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 sorry. no, no, no. It's very important because they're you know uh, 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 the game is afoot, mm-hmm. and. Um, 
and it's uh things are things are things are changing in in uh, in my world a little bit mm-hmm. uh in the sense that i'm i'm making a i'm making every attempt a, a year ago a year and a half ago i felt uh i felt that uh maybe because uh, I have some friends, I have a lot of friends that have mm-hmm. uh, that have humble humble shows uh, that are great shows. The people listen to the show because they are they, there's an affinity there. Like I have no idea. I see people all the time that are like, "Hey, if you're not listening to Roderick on the line, here's the one you start with." Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "Wow, really? Yeah. What is anybody who's not already listening to this program? How are they going to listen to that? I know. How are they going to listen to Uncle Licky and come out of it with anything other than like a a need to like go go uh, walk slowly into a pond?" Yeah. Uh, but but. I'll also say there are some some friends, some of these self-same friends, who also have big programs, programs where they do a show and it does not feel like the listenership is just people who would like to spend a weekend in a cabin with you, but they are other people, people that I don't know, that none of us will ever know, mm-hmm. people who are out there making quinoa, they are driving different kinds of cars than it would even occur to us to drive. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, so these big programs, I was always a little envious, not a ton envious, mm. but just as just as just as I was envious of the Decemberists uh, sales of their Her Majesty, the Decemberist record, and then increasingly all their other records. Yeah. Uh, so, too, was I say, for instance, you know, like co- a little covetous of the audience of some other shows. And so I get I, I ventured into some new ventures. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and believe me, it was just like signing a record contract. It was very much like I would like to have a show oh, that had some appeal. Right. Okay. Had some appeal to an audience of people that maybe I would never know. Because mm-hmm. you know, our program, for instance, has quite a few listeners who are in the sciences. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of listeners who are in uh, who have uh, who have been to XOXO. Now you can't do an entire show. Well, that's not true. There are shows where on, the listeners have only been to XOXO. It's a it's a it's a solid Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. Those might be but makers. You, but you know, yeah, you and I have a lot of makers, but we also have people in Latvia. We, um, you know, it's a it's a thing, I guess. You know, but but I wanted a different I wanted a different kind of show. I signed a major label record deal. And it has proved to be extremely problematic over time because Whoa, the, real because really? me, is that okay to talk about here? Well, you know, you got to talk about things on this program. We never yeah. really, or at least I never really pull my punches. You pull your punches all the time. Oh, I love pulling a it's punch. It's, just like, not, it's way, like not posting. It's the biggest relief. It's just like you and I. It's like we have different <sighs> personalities, and you are like, oh, I got a punch wound up, but I'm pulling it, and I go, I don't even, I didn't even wind this punch up. Oh, this is. This you're is you're like, like Bruce Uma Lee. Thurman. You could do it from one inch away and send them tumbling. Yeah. This is a, a Uma Thurman in a coffin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> la, la, la. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's but another foot shot. I know. I know. He's serious. You gave that right to him. Uh, but so. Uh, you, so you, I, signed, you signed the, uh, you signed the, on the line that is dotted. Yeah. 20 years ago, I watched a lot of people uh, go into contracts with major entertainment companies. And then later on, they had different, differing experiences. Some sometimes people made sometimes those, those companies maybe got absorbed into other companies. Ooh. And Ooh. The guy that signed you got fired or mm-hmm. moved to a different desk. 
and nobody remembers you anymore. But yeah, like also, you, you're excited because you met the guy who played cowbell that one time in Boston, but like mm. he's been gone for two years. What is going on? I, now I've got an 800 number I need to call. Yeah, well, he, he gave you $75,000 to make a record, <laughs> but the guy that's sitting at his desk now uh, has never heard of you and, and doesn't just, like the just record. just literally covered with cocaine. And that record ends up on a shelf that you never see again and never have access to. <laughs> Next to the Kiss solo albums. It's right there. It's right up on that shelf. And the, Cut out and, city. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, the tape the tape has decayed now. Oh, it is no. degraded and your record is gone. So that was 20 years ago, you know, communium montadas. <laughs> so anyway, for a, for a year and a half, I've been trying to be an independent person and convince the people. This is, oh, this was the problem in the record days too, where you're like, hey, major company, we're friends. You guys took me out to dinner that time. Like we're doing this as a, as a thing for the world, right? This yeah. is like, we're doing this because we love doing this type of thing and you guys love it too. I know. Isn't that right? And they go, absolutely. Yeah. You, you, don't, you, don't, hire, you don't hire like a business manager because they're good at bowling. You, you no. get normally, you hire them because they take care of the thing you can't or shouldn't get too far into because you don't have the expertise, right? Well, like sometimes too, you're like handing it over that agency literally to someone because they have the expertise to make a better decision than you could. But let me just say this. You do not hire a business manager who is the, who uh, came up in grocery. <laughs> you hire a business manager who is in entertainment, who is in oh, rock right. and roll because they wanted to be there, right? They, they didn't, nobody came to prison and said, here's a jobs program. Who wants to be in rock and roll? Yeah. Uh, they, they, these are people that came up, they came up in the clubs and maybe they were a little slimy then even, and everybody knew it, but you need that person. So fast forward to now. And it just, uh, you know, it has just arrived at a place where it, it where it feels like one peoples on one side of an equation are talking about podcasting as though it is a good thing. And the other is talking about it like it is content to be promulgated in exchange for money. Mm -hmm. And I don't and I want that. I wanted it to be promulgated in exchange for money, but not at the expense of it being a good thing. Right. So anyway, tough talk. I'm sorry. I'm giving you some tough talk, but it's yeah. tough. It's been very tough. A year and a half of very tough times. And uh, it's just it, and so well, here and we are. Yeah, and I mean, I think what what you're describing gets to what I was struggling to describe, which is and I'll just avoid the the analogies, which is that um, That's like I'm, what what am I what am I going to say? What was well, he? You're going uh, <laughs> to have to now because here we are. Um, but like I'm inside the coffin. Blah, if blah, blah. you uh, so like you run, let's say you uh, you got a little food co-op, a little grocery store where it's very important to you to have like you know well-sourced ingredients and all the things and have that smell that all those places have, and uh, you know you get your uh, I don't know whole wheat pasta and stuff like that. But then, then somebody comes along who like uh, not only are there doesn't bins? are there bins in this place? Oh, there's there are bins, so right? many bins, and the and the rats just go just shit all <laughs> inside of those at night. But like, <laughs> raw, but like raw honey. You got you got into that racket because uh, at a basic level you like food um yeah. and you like making the connection between food and the people who want that particular food but you've also got an angle and your angle yeah. is like this is different uh from the other kinds of food and in That's fact the whole the whole reason we did this instead of just drive to you know, a J random, uh, supermarket chain is we want to offer something that's special and unique for us that we think there's a market for with other people. It's not without money, but like right. the whole 
core value of what we're doing is this thing that makes us different. And like what you wouldn't want in that case is somebody come who comes in and like, um, at the very least, isn't a isn't somebody who enjoys food. <laughs> and right. it, it, it isn't somebody who like shares your value on what makes you different. What if in fact somebody came in, you know, some kind of like a dastardly mustache twirling person who not only thought that the wow. way you were doing it is at cross purposes with how a business should be run, and then they but they tell you <sighs> we're there to just manage this better for you. But yeah. if if the thing you can't detect is that sometimes you can't detect that that person coming in who used to be the vice president of tv programming in microwave somewhere like yep. shows up yep. and like they're what they want to do and are not telling you is antithetical what they want, what they want is to ruin the pastel <laughs> without let, cleaning let me, out the rotten <clears throat> feces and then that's me, bad because you don't discover yeah. that immediately and you already signed on the line that is dotted and a, a little yes. later you're gonna go bad on me like yes. i didn't realize how much they wanted to come in and, you know, there's a, there's a thing uh, that I, uh, I'm still very bad at negotiating, but like one thing I realize mm -hmm. is there are certain kinds of negotiation where you, you lose a lot of power once you say yes. And Ooh. like, and like the, you need to realize when you have agreed to a yes, where there's not really any turning back. And some people, yeah. let's just say, maybe it's somebody who wants to be signed to a label. Uh, maybe it's somebody who, who wants a giant scale podcast. But like they're so excited to say yes because of what they think it is that they have not done the due diligence to uncover. And, I, and this sounds like FUD. And I don't mean it that way, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I don't mean that that way. But like no. that's the problem is you, they're not going to come out and say, well, here's my real plan. And then they show you all the red yarn on the wall where they're going to ruin your pasta. That's all well, now this is a thing that I saw in the <clears throat> in the rock days. Where uh, and and let me just caution everyone who's listening to watch out for this. Okay, which is when somebody comes to you with a contract where success is presumed, and you spend a lot of time negotiating the contract with the thought in mind that what you're trying to do is get the best possible terms. Once your thing is extremely successful, uh, which everyone presumes. Everyone presumes in the in going into the contract, oh, this relationship is going to produce a hit, a hit record. So we need to hammer out who gets the money. Mm -hmm. And you sit there in that and you're like, I'm going to get the best terms possible because I don't want to lose a, a penny of the money once it starts rolling in. But what the contract actually is for you is a thing to protect you if it isn't a huge success, but is a moderate success. And this is a hmm. thing that no one wants to talk about when you're sitting in front of the contract. Because the people on the other side of it are trying to convince you that if you sign with them, it's going to be a huge success. That's why and, they're and coming. They're, they're, they're highlighting, they may be, I don't want to sound cynical, but they may be heavily highlighting the parts of it that they know motivate you the most. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, do you want some money? Well, we're going to try and we're going to try and take and some of that pretty, money pretty too." Soon, pretty soon they're drinking your milkshake. Because you thought it was about your good farmland, but they really mm. want the mineral rights, and that was not clear to you. Well, so, and what happens is, and this happens in rock and roll, and it happens, I, I guess, now in podcasting, because oh it does happen, yeah. which is that you have a moderate success. What would be, if you had remained independent, a pretty great success, and, and uh, even an enormous success, but by the terms of the the big uh, big wallets... It's just a moderate success because they're hitting for the they're shooting for the fences every yes. time. Every time they swing a bat, it's for the fences. And if your ball doesn't get to the fences, they're not interested in picking up singles and doubles. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not playing that. They're not playing, they're not playing small ball. Game. No. And so what you realize then is you signed a contract where 
a moderate success is actually a failure. Oh, God, yes. But you did not maintain because you weren't thinking about it. This there, there are a couple of things. First of all, you do not look within the contract for anything that says you, the uh, big wallets, are obligated to try to make the show a success beyond just the initial rollout. Like, and can it be in some ways, sometimes doesn't it come down to being as simple as at least I'm sorry, Steve Albini, uh, the Steve Albini thing where like you, you may not realize that what you're really doing is taking out a loan and not realizing it. You're, t- you're taking out a loan. I mean, kind of, I mean, be honest. So isn't it kind of a thing where they're like, here's $75,000 that you owe us now. There's some of that, but there's also the thing of like, um, this is the sub pop thing, right? Where sub pop put out 50 records a year, but they only supported three of them. Because you put a record out. Was it was it Zumpano, John? It was not Zumpano. They did not pour the money into Zumpano. <laughs> nor going, did they they're going, they're going through change. <laughs> they didn't pour the money into the Scud Mountain Boys either. Uh, they were waiting for a postal service. They were waiting for a band of horses. Mm-hmm. And so you throw you throw fifty records at the wall, and you and you wait to see which one sticks. And then you turn. God, and you, so much like venture capital. You just put your resources there. And the rest of the things that came out that are great records, amazing records, who were psyched to be on Sub Pop, find themselves uh, in a van in Dayton, Ohio, Mm -hmm. and they can't get anybody on the phone anymore because those – because everybody there – because it's a small shop. Everybody there is working on the the Postal Service record. Which is is a good record. It's a great record. So you don't – you don't ever think within the space of, of, of negotiating the contract when they're saying like, well, when this is a $500 million podcast, let's figure out how we're going to divide up the pie. Mm-hmm. You don't say, what if this is a fifty to 75000 download podcast? How am I protected that that, which would be, if I were independent, would be a big earner? Mm-hmm. How am I protected over here? Because they go, oh, don't worry about that. That's mm-hmm. their answer. They go, "Don't worry about that. You're going to be you're going to be making hundreds of millions of dollars." At this point it's important to remember that you're not the one who wrote and presented the contract. Right. And you say you have to say, "Well, whoa, 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 wait a minute." Because if let's say my thing, let's say I make a Zumpano record, am I not going to be able to get anybody on the phone? Mhm. Am I not are you guys just going to move on to the next thing and not really try at all you don't ever think to ensure that the company is obligated to try and so you end up sitting there in a kind of state where you you know because when you start to do a show as you say you don't just say like hey why don't we do a show on erectile dysfunction every episode will be about erectile dysfunction and we'll get all the We'll get all the erectile dysfunction ads. You don't think to do that. You think, why don't I make a super interesting podcast with my friend that's fun to do? And the folks and the folks who historically have done that, I saw this, of course, a lot in blogging, is you get people that are doing the equivalent of like, oh, what are the most popular SEO keyword, keywords this quarter? And then like coming up with what they think that content will be. And that, that's, that's rarely a harbinger of, uh, of evergreen goodness. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? Just as a contra is like when people do do that, it's uh, it's rarely something that's going to make me uh, stop listening to one show and start listening to theirs. Yes. So you're not you. F- one feels um, one feels uh, vulnerable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the problem is that the the big companies, um, the big companies also don't. It doesn't cost them anything to uh, 
to just have your thing. Like it doesn't cost Sub Pop anything to ignore the Zumpano record. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. it costs Zumpano everything, and it costs right. the Boy, label two, two different two different ways of like uh, holding a part of the elephant. Like to to them, it's like after those two amazing albums and so many great singles, it's like, okay, well, you know, where are we now? Do you have, do you have my back for what happens next? Which has certainly been around since, you know, since time immemorial with like, I'm not saying sub pops, a skeezy uh, label. I'm saying that not at all, not at all. No, no, but I am, but I am saying like, certainly there are, so let's look at bad finger. Let's not look at bad finger, but like, that makes me sad, but there are certainly numerous examples of things in the past where even after you've gotten uh, the big success, if that next one's not a dinger, you know, uh, like Tom Petty says, you know, uh, I don't hear a single. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to get a different response. There's something I remember hearing. I, I want to hear the rest of this, but you, I, I don't know what made me think of this this weekend. Probably listening to a podcast, but I remember hearing, I think this was about, I want to say, maybe a, like a 90s Michael Jackson album, but the particulars don't matter super much, except that it was back in a time when, like, like I think it was Michael Jackson because it was pretty much like a guaranteed hit machine, you know, sort of thing. Certainly, Thriller was disruptive in innumerable ways. Not least that I think all but like wasn't almost every song on there eventually like a successful single. Like it was, it was like beyond a four quadrant success. It was the best selling record forever and ever. And Bad did well. But I, I remember at one point in like in the industry chatter, the discussion was okay. This latest Michael Jackson album. Like whatever, it only went to number n. Like it didn't, mm. it didn't immediately go to number one, and mm-hmm. so like this is going to be a failure. And like a dingling like me sitting in Florida, going like, well, that seems crazy. Like if you're, it, it got for anybody else to have accomplished what this guy just did with this album would be like, it would be a bananas level of success. But you know what I wasn't accounting for that was explained in the trade things was like, well, you know what it cost to get that album to that shitty chart position. Yeah. Do you know like so you so you you got you got uh, you got thriller. You got bad, right? You see this this curve bad. like mm-hmm. it's bad. Going the so curve I mean when Jumbo. Weird Al is doing a parody of you, you know. I mean look at the mm. knack. They really That took made off. you that means you made it, right? <laughs> but that like, was yeah, when Michael Jackson knew like That's when he uh, knew I've arrived. It, but uh, anyway, Jumbo. just the, the short to, to finish the shorter version, it's like well thing is the marketing that went into buying those end caps at record bar, like all, all of the promotional stuff that went into this. And this certainly goes today for movies where like, this should be a franchise that does really great. And like, yeah, it did by like dingling uh, Florida boy standards. It did great, but not by CBS records or Epic uh, standards. Was this a, what, if you look at the, if you balance the columns of what we spent in literal money before this came out, to guarantee this success as a number one record, if it's anything but a number one record, we have failed. And now mm-hmm. we are, we're, we're already underwater on this album because of what it costs to make it. We haven't even gotten to like what kind of like incredible deal presumably Michael Jackson had on like points and stuff like that. But that's yeah. something that seems like a giant success to, to us may not seem like a giant success to that company just because of what the expectations and budget were for getting it where they thought it would be. Well, but you know, the first two Aerosmith records, uh, including uh, the first one, which had the song Dream On, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't sell. They didn't sell anything. The, the Columbia Records didn't really push them. They were hmm. busy They were busy pushing Bruce Springsteen, who was the new artist that they and cared he, about. They were just, and, and alongside being just torn apart critically. 
Yeah, nobody liked Aerosmith. They thought they were a cheap Rolling Stones knockoff. Yeah, well, and, remember uh, the quote? Remember the quote? Uh, Aeros- Aerosmith is a good and interesting band. Unfortunately, a good and original band. Unfortunately, all this stuff that's good isn't original, and all this stuff that's original isn't good. Oh, Posposably. First two records. But here's the thing about Aerosmith. Somehow, because of the way the music industry worked at the time, they Mm -hmm. did not get dropped by the label. Mm -hmm. And they continued to get, they made a big record. They put it out, expensive record, put it out, didn't click. They made a second record, put it out, didn't click. And these guys are, you know, just in feather boas alone. They mm-hmm. are running up a big tab. Mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen's over here with a big floppy hat, mm-hmm. uh, thinking about Rosarita, <laughs> who wants to come and light his fire. And oh, yeah, these they, guys, they're ready to cut that bitch off. Yeah, and these guys over yeah. here are just like, wow. And then they put out their... when you talk about your scarf budget. They come. They put out this Toys in the Attic record, and everybody... Uh, just goes uh, bananas for it, and then they're back, and then Dream On is up on the charts. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it, people, whoever it was at that label, there was somebody, there was somebody in a stay-pressed suit who was like, listen, mm-hmm. I believe in these kids. And uh, I don't think those people really exist anymore. I don't think they have for a long time because there's, uh, there's, the, there's not the concentration, there's not the consolidation of, of – uh, of capital like there was or mm-hmm. like there was then right now the capital is very diffuse everybody's just looking for a looking for the fast return quick return mm-hmm. quick 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 yeah well and like and like boy we haven't gotten into stuff like you know the impact of of streaming um stuff there's a, there's a really good podcast that i i like a lot that it might be even too nerdy for you uh it's called hit parade what? What? It's called, called hit too parade and me. it's this it's this it's a slate podcast that comes out once a month because the guy who does it is such an i mean i mean it's in the best possible way he's such a charts nerd and music nerd that he so thoroughly researches something like some interesting particularly an interesting week on the billboard charts where something fascinating happened or changed. Yep. And, and so he has all these theme episodes. His first episode, which is a good introduction is the, basically the history of red, red wine, which is oh. even more, I mean, I knew the basics. I knew it was a Neil Young or Neil, um, Neil Diamond song. Um, but, 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 you know, so he goes through and he, and he, uh, he, he talks about this stuff and, and you know, it's, it's uh boy, what a, what a crazy goddamn racket. It's, it's, Anyway, sorry, I took you off again, didn't I? Well, here's the thing about Red Red Wine. It's a terrible song, and I hope I never hear it again. And the fact that you just said the words mean that two days Mm -hmm. from now, I'm lying in bed, and I'm going to hear that absolutely terrible UB40 version of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's going to – that that was – I think think Meet Me me Spliff is actually a better tune, Uh, personally. (laughs) It was was so ubiquitous for whatever reason. I don't know why that was – the one with Chrissy Hine singing backup vocals. I don't know why that that needed to be whatever it was for people at the time. Why Mm -hmm. did that need to be that? There were other things that could have been that. You could have done anything in that moment other than play that. Red, red wine. <laughs> it's like, see, it's already there. It's like this. I, I, it's this. Oh, just uh, shitting on the two and the four. Uh, so, so what I'm trying, what, what I want <laughs> is that I want, I want to be able to do a thing that I like with my friends that's fun, mm-hmm. that is moderately successful. I no longer want to shoot my arrows at the sun. I no longer want 
to run a four-minute mile. I do not want to go. I don't want to light my cigar with $100 bills. I don't even care about the fact that I have two cars, both of which are just about to catch on fire, and it could happen at any time. <laughs> I just want to make the things that I like to do with my friends. So, for instance, Roderick on the Line is a thing that I've done for now a long time with oh my friend, oh and it's just a fun thing oh. that, that we do. <laughs> This uh, is going to be problematic. And there's and road work over there, <laughs> yes. you know, and, and and this guy over here, and yeah. this this guy says no soup, mm-hmm. and you know what that, what we say now mm-hmm. is this guy says no soup. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? No like soup. we don't say, we don't it's no soup, mm-hmm. and we don't even do we don't inflect it. We just say no soup, mm-hmm. right? You can have white sauce on a garbage can lid, <laughs> not a problem. So I. I want here. You want a moderately successful thing with your pals that can also right. like uh, keep your cars from <laughs> setting themselves on fire. From, from suddenly being on fire, right? And that doesn't seem, knowing what I know, which admittedly is not a lot, it does not seem impossible because that's what I have with my record too. My Long Winter's records, if you can believe this mm-hmm. and, and wait for it, they continue to pay me money for those. Oh, that's hurtful, are, John. Which are old? They're old records, Merlin. Nobody. It's not like they're flying off the shelves, but they continue to generate a small mm-hmm. amount of money. And uh, you know, I know that's true of the Nada Surf records. I know that's true of a lot of records that were on small independent labels where they had good deals and they didn't spend a ton of money trying to shoot their arrows at the moon. Nada right, Surf's Bar- complicated. What's the one I, li- I was listening to this weekend? I even tutored about this. I shouldn't post. I was listening to the Proximity Effect. Which is a really oh, it's good a nice record. album. But Do I mean, I at the that time, album? that must have been, I haven't read about it, but I'm guessing that was probably hugely disappointing to whoever it was because it didn't have that one hit on it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, who was it disappointing to right. is the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there was somebody at the uh, at the label, let's say, and I know, I know a thing or two about this label. There was somebody at that label who wanted to make good things and whether he was kidding himself or not, whether he <laughs> never whether, heard of this label, whether it was whether it was a lie, whether that person was lying to themselves or not, what they would say in the time and now was, I'm super proud of that record. I'm glad mm-hmm. we put it out. It did great. And uh, and wanting it to be any better would be that would be foolish. Why would you want it to be anything more than it was? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is not how you get venture capital. Mm-hmm. Right. No, you, you're right. I mean, that's the reason I, I said that in passing is my basic understanding of venture capital is that, uh, first of all, it's not for rookies and noobs. It's not for nope. people who are planning to like are, are hoping to get something for their retirement. It's nope. for people with enough excess dough that they can basically f- try to fill all the spots on the roulette wheel and hope that one of them pays big. Kind of. I mean, I don't know if that's entirely true, but I, I think that that's a model that emerges in a lot of stuff nowadays. As I said uh, the other day on Twitter, and, the, and honestly, I didn't need to post this. Oh, no, John. But I said, because, and the thing is, I posted something, you know, right around this time yeah. uh, where uh, it was just seemed like a thing that I was going to post. It was just slightly more contentious than normal. I didn't need to post it. And I got like 10 really angry emails from, or uh, really angry follow-up tweets 
from millenniums who took it to be a criticism of them. Oh, no. They're, I think but, they're a little sensitive about stuff yeah, like that at this they, point. They could, I don't know the one you're referring. I don't know the one you're referring to, but like, I think they're, they're a little, they feel a little bit put upon a lot of the millennials. I didn't, I didn't mention them by name. I was no. talking more generally, but I, but I referenced a, a common, uh, a common trope that they believed uh, was speaking about them. And the people that replied, often believed that I was speaking about them personally, mm-hmm. or at least you, at least that's how it seemed. That, that, that's the, definitely a thing that happens. Yeah. When but somebody says something, I, it's got to be about me. Oh, it's got to be about me, right? Mm-hmm. I have, uh, you know, I'm sitting over here mm-hmm. and I read this thing and I take it very personally and I'm very mad about being called out for this thing by a guy I don't know and have never met and is not talking about me at all. But the one before that, and I didn't get as much blowback from this, and I think you'll know why. I said, nobody needs a $49 million house. I think a $26 million house is plenty for anyone except someone with a really big family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's funny at a couple levels. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit, it, it, takes, it takes a second. I mean, I don't want to praise my own tweet, but it takes a second to, to build. You know, you, you sit there and you go, hmm, and then it's like, oh, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not meant to be anything other than a, <laughs> I like a, I like a little journey. I do. It's a, th- it's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that's how I feel about venture capitalists because they've got a $26 million house and for whatever reason, mm-hmm. it's not enough. They want a 40 million, $49 million house. And that just seems, and the, honestly, if I, I'm not, I don't have the tweet in front of me, I might've said $46 million so and $29 million. It could have been, yeah. could have gone either way. Uh, but I think the point still stands. Yeah. And, uh, what I don't understand is if you had enough money, even for a $26 million house, I think you could buy a dirigible. Oh, if you, my God. If you could buy your own dirigible and just put like a king-size bed in the back, hire a captain, maybe right. a couple of crew, and just take a dirigible tour of the United States. Oh, my God. No yes. one has done it, and why not? There are billionaires. That, that you, don't need, that, you don't need to build a, a competitive rocket. We got, oh, we've already got that. We've got so many of them. Oh, my but, God, but a dirigible that would take you around these, these United States. That kid that, that, uh, that came up with Snapchat, mm-hmm. that was just like some rich kid, and he immediately inhabited the role of like crazy tech entrepreneur he's 26 years old and he's walking around in his pajamas or whatever or no 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 what it was was he had cashmere t-shirts mm. a cashmere t-shirt that cost $1,800 but it looked like a t-shirt okay it's just like okay well, you're the he's guy like, he's a man of the people he's a man of the people and he's and he's buying all he's buying up all of Venice Beach and I'm like kid cash out sell your thing <sighs> to somebody he could Buy a dirigible. He could have a, 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 a replica of the Hindenburg, except instead of swastikas, it would have like peace Your signs own or personal Zeppelin. And then just park it off the coast of Santa Monica and just idle there. Mm. Just idle there for a year. Everyone in L.A. would have to confront the fact, if you want to have an $1,800 T-shirt, the best $1,800 T-shirt is that everyone in L.A. is Looking at your fucking dirigible. Your dirigible, well, let's be honest, it's a, the, the climate there is very sunny. You are going to cast literally a large shadow with your dirigible. It'd be just like fly over LA at one mile an hour. Oh, man. Such a, that would be such a gentle way to travel. <laughs> that sounds so great. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, Sometimes we need to talk about, you know, we've talked a lot about cocaine on this show. 
We sure have. And I think I feel like at some point we need to speculatively name speculative names. And, and I'm gonna tell you what I mean. Uh-huh. I, I feel like we should go through some stuff and we should talk about who well, certainly so many of uh, all the great records were, were basically made of cocaine as we stipulated entirely of cocaine how many how many of the albums do you think got or stayed successful because of the role of cocaine i'm thinking of that episode of wkrp where johnny fever gets the album from from the uh the like i don't know an r guy whatever whatever you call it and, mm-hmm. and it's got an album in it and, and then a bag of cocaine falls out they call mm-hmm. it payola Right. <laughs> I'm not saying we should, we should do it now. We probably shouldn't even post right now. But I, I wonder. I wonder. Can you think of any albums uh, that you're pretty sure were not only probably made of cocaine, but were basically much like a Zeppelin, uh, were supported by cocaine? Well, the, here's one that it, that I've always been curious about, which is um, we we like Peter Gabriel. We like to think of him. He's one of the good artists, right? Peter Gabriel. Normally, when you think of uh, you think of the question, what records were made by cocaine? You think about Warrant's Cherry Pie or something <laughs> like that, where you feel like the record is bad and the band is bad, and so you can disparage them further by saying that it was cocaine made. Okay. But we also we also know that there are some really great Neil Young albums that were made under the influence of cocaine. Oh yes, and you know heroin. Uh, is no better than cocaine, and we mm-hmm. like an awful lot of albums that were made under the influence of heroin. Okay, okay. But but here we go with Peter Gabriel. Do you think, what if I told you that Shock the Monkey was made out of cocaine? Shock now, the Monkey? It's very, it does have a certain energy to it. It's got big cocaine energy. It's very erratic. Shock the Monkey! Now, now I'm not saying it was made of cocaine. Because mm-hmm. I don't have any firsthand experience, but here's a record that we like. That was, I mean, what if, uh, what if all the Kate Bush records were made Ooh. from cocaine and were sold by cocaine? Sold by cocaine. I'm not saying it did. I'm not saying that's what happened. No, 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 no. This is, this is speculative. Yeah, but what if? What, what if? if? So it's not just Warren's Cherry Pie. We're looking at some beloved albums okay what if uh what if uh let's say oh boy uh the color of spring was uh, is that stravinsky no that's talk talk oh talk 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 talk's like a skirty politi they're like a better band than everybody thinks that's right talk 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 all you do to me is talk talk except they talk, did talk. a lot more than that they Whoa. did some they made some amazing albums a couple at least and uh, so, anyway, I feel like there's a, there was an awful lot of cocaine. It was not regarded as a vice, uh, except, well, you see this a lot in rock and roll. Yeah. Things that used to be okay aren't okay anymore. Oh, have, you think? Woo! Tell you. Oh, and you yes. And the thing is, nobody is really mad about cocaine. They're not saying, cocaine used to be good and now it's bad. Oh. They, try, they tried to do that in the 80s. Right. Uh, no, they're saying other things used to be okay and now are bad, and nobody even really seems to care about cocaine. Like I, nobody's- keep, I keep failing utterly at trying to come up with examples of this, irrespective of the cocaine consumed during the making, writing, uh, fornicating of the album. I mean, I, I keep falling short because I'm like, what, like Hollow Notes? No, actually, Hollow Notes were amazing. 
Like, well, but cocaine does not preclude amazing. Does not preclude, but like, but like in terms of like, we need this. Uh, see, and I'm gonna take I'm gonna take them out of this because I, I don't want to tar them with this. But like, you get oh, oh, like like a Paul Young, a Paul Young, not not maybe to doing the cocaine, but do you think maybe and every time you go away, which was written by Daryl Hall, do you think and every time you go away might have been propped up by a li- oh, little bit of bag, a little bit of bag in the sleeve? Is that possible? You take a piece of my bag bong, bong, bong. Pino Palad- Pino Palladino. Pino Palladino was the fretless bass player on that. Mm, Pino, Pino Palladino. Palladino. Yeah. Also, on uh, I'm gonna tear your playhouse down. There's there's so much there's so much cocaine it even goes unto the future. Mm. I'm not gonna say the name of one of your favorite bands. Oh no, Posies. Oh, but there was cocaine oh. later. Not early. Not early. In the it's in not- the selling of that, you think you think a Deer Twenty Three runs on cocaine? Like in terms of getting it uh, past the sound scan? What I have noticed, what mm-hmm. I have noticed is that we go in cycles. We go uh, in rock and roll, and then we cycle out of rock and roll, and we go to dance music, and then we cycle out of dance music, we come back to rock and roll. And it's happened several times oh. in my career. I just sang you the song Gloria earlier uh, by Laura Branigan, which came out in 1982, and it's a disco song. It's totally a disco song. New Order, disco band, disco band. Yes, that's absolutely right. Even Modest Mouse is kind of a disco band. Kind of a disco band. So we 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 alternate between these two, two things. When when uh, when the world goes into uh, dance bands, what you what you got is cocaine. Okay, and I when, see. When the, when the world goes back into like rock and roll, where guys are wearing big hats and feather boas, <laughs> now you're into now you're into downers. You're into pills. Oh, and wow. you're in, and you're into junk. And that's okay. the and it's and I don't know whether it comes I don't know whether it's just coming from Afghanistan and they're like oh we had a couple of down years and so Americans listen to dance music or whether I don't know I don't know supply from demand no but I've seen it happen here in Seattle where it's like oh everybody's a junkie and then it's like oh everybody's a tweaker how did that happen weren't we all junkies and then it's like I guess we're tweakers and I was like oh no who are these junkies that are making and so you just go round and round mm-hmm, mm-hmm. round and round oh there you go oh totally boy cocaine album totally, totally a cocaine. cocaine I saw them open for uh, Billy Squire I saw them open for Johnny Ronnie James I, I was about to say Johnny Rames Johnny Dio, Ray, but Johnny was, Ray Dio but it was Ronnie James Dio. Huh. The saw, librarian at our uh, at our daughter's school looks like Ronnie James Dio. Really? <laughs> she's you know, she's, she's kind of little. Mike Squires, <laughs> hang on, Mike, Mike Squires, <laughs> uh, friend of the friend of the program, uh-huh. uh, on his uh, his fantastic YouTube series Couch Riffs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just had just had Vivian Campbell. Come Shut on. your mouth! And Wait, he was ZZ on the program. Top. He was on the program, and he sat with Mike, and he played ZZ Top on his couch. Oh my god, I gotta get back on Instagram. Oh Vivian my god, Camp- who played on that? Who played on Last in Line? He played on uh, Rainbow in the Dark, and then wasn't he in Def Leppard? He's in Left Def Leppard. He's, He's in Left Leppard. Left Leppard right now. Currently, currently. Mm. Yeah. Did Mike ask him about the cocaine? No, 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 no. Mike's a member of the Rock and Roll Fraternity. There are things they don't talk about. Oh, it's Omer Ta. Yeah. You know, it always brings me down. Ding. 